Would you like to be a millionaire? Yes. I Wait, would are actually. Do mine out of character? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you oh. say Bill? <laughs> he didn't even yeah, say. Yeah, he anything. did it in the yeah, accent. I was like everything. super obnoxious too. I I, uh, I I thought about saying something. Where I was like, oh, surely David would say something. <laughs> That's a little. Yeah, no. Went with it. I was I was like, let's just get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, you were so excited about your accent. Yeah. Hello, friends. This is Christian Razor, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. episode opens up in that alley with the stone well uh and the trash and all of a sudden we see mist start to billow up over the edges of the stone well faster and faster and we hear this rushing wind and like old faithful out at uh whatever national park it is part of we see a gust of wind and mist and people shoot out of the stone well and plop like so many raindrops all across the alleyway. Bill, Faye, and Esther, you are returned to your normal bodies, but there are three other figures with you who do not look like they once did. Go ahead and describe how does Ivalia, Vartash, and the librarian look in the city? You are human in the city. So would our clothes change? Is that really... Yes, so just like uh, their clothes changed when they went into uh, your world, your clothes have changed and the style is now... Like, what would Ivalia look like as a modern-day preteen? She's wearing a shirt that's too big and shorts and scrunchies on her wrist. Wrist. <laughs> that's a joke. I don't mean that. Uh, I was about to say that doesn't sound like Ivalia's style, but okay. Uh, she's a visco girl. No. Um. <laughs> it, so uh, she's now wearing um, blue jeans with uh, rips in the knees, um, a set of boots, but they're not. They're like. They, they kind of still look like her other boots, except that, that they're like, uh, they've got zippers on them and stuff, you know? She's wearing a acid wash denim vest over a, a t-shirt that has some sort of logo on it. I don't know. <laughs> it's got a loot on it. Her shirt has a loot on it. There you go. Nice. And speaking of loot, does 
that's Marlo. Does Ivalia have her loot or has it updated itself to like a period piece of equipment? I think it uh, looks it it's instead of it instead of it being a loot, it's now a mandolin. It's now a mandolin with like update. It's got like frets and it looks like really just it's got like regular like the the metal strings and all that stuff. Okay. And then who else is with Evalia? Uh, as the camera pans to the side, you see a much shorter uh, boy Excellent. in a prep school uniform. <laughs> uh, so think five from Umbrella Academy. I was just Shorts about to say that. And uh, like white shirt and a tie with a, with a sport coat. He has like a heavily freckled face and really squinty little eyes with like copper blonde hair. He kind of like looks down and like, what on earth am I wearing? And kind of pulls a dagger out, but it's not a dagger, it's a butterfly knife. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of looks at it and like, what what happened to my, what? (sighs) And puts it back in his pocket. Yeah. And uh, next to them, who do we see? Dusting himself off and putting on his glasses. Very well-dressed, a nice pair of dress shoes, some rocking some chinos. (laughs) And a uh, button-up shirt-vest combo in uh, Easter colors, like a pastel green and a light pink shirt. And uh, strawberry blonde hair. As you see, a he has a very gangly build. Nice. And as you all pick yourselves up off the pavement and kind of brush yourselves off, some of you looking at yourself as if for the first time, because you've never been like this before, the gust of wind cuts off, the mist continues to slowly billow out, and Rickett is not in this alleyway. What happened to Rickett? Who are you? Look at Vartosh and just like... <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? You look like a... A human. What? Because <laughs> you probably wouldn't look a lot different. No. As far as features. Yeah. I like... Look around really like frantically for something to look at myself with. Oh, there is a window like right behind you. Cool. There's always a window in the city. <laughs> exactly. So I turn to the window and I see this this young, short, like ginger boy. Whoa! And he's like pulling on his cheeks and all kinds of like just disgusted at his appearance. What did you do to me? Staring at the librarian. <laughs> Wait. Who are you? Was that a who are you at me or the other people in the group? At the librarian. Because he turns to wheel towards you and then he realizes, wait, that's not who he was talking to. He kind of just pats you on the head. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. You know, not every world's the same. It's not okay. Where are my beautiful scales? I hate to say it, but uh, I think you look better with the scales. I know I do. You kind of make an ugly human. Oh boy. 
we should probably get to the warehouse. Yeah. When we're looking in the alley, are there signs of the altercation from earlier or any of the the gremlins? Yeah, so looking around the alleyway, you cannot see visible signs of your scuffle like your branches or the hammock that you made is gone. Uh, the bushes that were at the mouth of the alleyway have burned away. However, as you're looking... But do they, like, are there burned remains? Yeah, probably. But as you're looking, you see something shuffling in the trash bags nearby. We go check it out. Okay. Bill, you step over, and as you kind of push some of the trash bags to the side, you see uh, a man in a green hoodie with uh, black pants and kind of sneakers, and Woodard looks up at you. He says, "Uh, Bill, is that uh, you? Yeah. Faye hears Woodard's voice and sprints over. Yeah. Faye, where did you go? What did, how long has it been? And as he sits up, you see that uh, his side is bloodied through his uh, hoodie. What did, what happened? And she places her hand over it. Uh, uh, yes, um, well, we were staking out, ah, that stings, ah, we were staking out um, that councilman, and well, Mohammed was quite adamant that we get here to give you some support, and when we did, we, uh, uh, found some ne'er-do-wells, shall we say, and, well, I think we got into more than we bargained for, and they lashed some ropes around Mohammed and dragged him away, and they left me here. I think I blacked out, I, I guess. Mohammed is gone? Yes, I, those uh, people, they uh, took him. Do you know how long it's been? I, I, I don't. Um, he searches his pockets for his phone and kind of pulls it down and looks at it. Couldn't have been more than two hours? Okay. It, the well took us somewhere different. We need to get to the cottage. I can heal you there. Um, change of plans? And she looks at the group. I guess we don't have a choice. How do we get to the cottage? We don't <laughs> have a cloud anymore. <laughs> what did you say, Kay? Thought Woodard would know. Oh, well, he's... Woodard, how did you get here? Uh, the rooftops, obviously. It's always the rooftops. <laughs> with those, with Faye and Woodard, yes. Yeah, it really is. Where is Mohammed's car? Um. They tied it up, too. <laughs> <laughs> they tied it up and threw it in a bag. Um... I don't know. You tell me. Where is Muhammad's car? Right there. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, at we the mouth. in like a clown car. <laughs> yeah. yes. At the mouth of the car, or the mouth of the alleyway, <laughs> is Muhammad's car. Even though he said we use the rooftops to get here, there's the car. They, he used the rooftops. Muhammad drove the car. Muhammad yeah. drove. Muhammad, yeah. Muhammad yeah. came on his own later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. It's we'll say it's parked a couple spaces down. I'll go grab it, bring it around to the alley. Mm-hmm. The keys were in it. Sure. Seems like a good idea in this city to leave your keys in the car. <laughs> we only have four episodes. <laughs> Sorry. 
What is this some sort of self-driving wagon? Yeah. Sure. Um, okay, everybody get in. Bill and Esther, will you get wooded? Wooded, come on. Alright, come here. <laughs> what what kind of car is this? It's like a clown car for all it, of us. It is I was a, about to say, can we all fit in it? No. no. Uh, yeah, it is a beat-up Pinto. That's right. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I guess we're sitting on laps? Yes, in the floorboards. I put Woodard in the trunk. <laughs> Faye glares. <laughs> Where do you want? Where would you like me to put him? Can you not put the injured man in the trunk? I figured he could lay out, but okay. I, we'll put him in the front seat? Yes. Clearly. Just hold him in your lap. Oh. Uh, okay. Woodard, Woodard and Bill look at each other. And he's like, uh, if it's all right with you, I'll just sit in the middle. Um, we can't go anywhere till we find Rickett. He's obviously not here. I'm sure he's fine. And even if he's not... I don't think he made it through. Well... I, I, I literally that guy's injured, and I'm sure it's pretty dire, and I remember that's your husband, because I remember I saw him shirtless in your phone. But the point <laughs> to what I'm trying to say is... We leave Rickett behind, he could have fallen into some other world, or, or he could be someplace else and hurt, and scared. Well, he's not here, and I don't know how we're supposed to find him. I think we can assume that he's hurt and afraid. I think he's kind of always hurt and afraid. I know that's not helpful, but... I She has a point. I kind of like her. For a human. Alright. That's enough out of you in the trunk, little child. <laughs> <laughs> um, At this moment, somebody sees... <laughs> this group of people shoving this prep school kid in the trunk. <laughs> Unhand me! Don't worry, we're um, we're uh, it's a live action role play. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> she doesn't even know what that is. Oh yeah, uh, we forgot to fill you all in that we need to get going before our version of the guards yeah, show up. Yeah, we're wanted. Because we are very um, we're very wanted. So we gotta go. You're wanted too. Yep. Why am I not surprised? But we'll we'll find Rickett, I promise. We just we know he's not in this world and we can't do anything about it right now. Esther mumbles under her breath. She's always making promises we can't keep. Flashback to the episode titled The Promises We Make. Ooh. Uh Vortash whispers to Avalia, you know we'll make better time without him anyways. Yeah, but he's just He's just like a, like a little kid. I, I, I don't know. I can't. I don't. I guess we go because we don't know where he is, and I guess nobody's gonna go back through that hole in the well with me to find him. I don't even know if we can go back through there. I look at the librarian. Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's only one way to find out on that one. You wanna jump on in? Uh, not no. Faye, wrap a vine around I am wanting... I was going to wait until there was a break. Evolia, I understand your concern. I also have some friends that are young and very scared and afraid, and they also have been left 
We will find him, I promise you. Okay, I guess. Do you want to get in this cool wagon thing? It looks kind of dorky, but okay. A, a belch of noxious smoke there erupts out the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> what is this thing? What kind of construct is this? Let's get in the trunk. <laughs> it's called a car. It takes combustible liquids, forces it into a machined metal block, and explodes depending on how many tiny cylinders there are, which gives energy to the wheels and makes us move forward. Really safe. <laughs> Hop in. Your transportation uses explosions? Yeah, it's great. Alright, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's on a small scale with uh, gasoline. And just put it in. Goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can explain okay. that. Okay. <laughs> you put the go go so, juice. <laughs> okay, well, then let's go wherever we're going. We transition to the cottage. Uh, Faye, describe this cottage for us. Oh, gosh, she's so excited. It's made of ice cream. <laughs> this is my favorite place in the entire city. So we pull up, and you have this, like, or you see this old kind of stone cottage set underneath all of these trees. Um, and when you first pull up, from the looks of it, it looks like it is completely abandoned. Um, and that no one could live in there. The plants are overgrown, and you can hardly see it. You wouldn't be able to see it from the sky. Um, and we pull up and park Muhammad's car where we park it. And then as we all get out, and um, Faye helps Woodard, Faye kind of takes a moment, stands back, looks at the cottage, and you all see... All of the plants covering the cottage um, start lifting and taking themselves kind of off of the stone and filling the forest back up around it. And then you see a clear pathway to a front door that is, now you can tell very obviously, a lived-in cottage um, and not abandoned. Awesome. And you'll walk inside. Into the living room, where there is a fireplace. And Faye is going to go work on healing Woodard. But as she walks in, she turns to Esther. Esther, you had a good idea um, back there. I know you mumbled it under your breath about the ice cream, but I do have ice cream in my freezer if you will get it for the children. And she smiles. When you say, uh, I'm not serving the ice cream. Please. <clears throat> I won't tell you about me and Woodard's latest fight. Oh my gosh. Esther goes to the kitchen and pulls out bowls and ice cream. Faye goes to take care of Woodard. Okay. So I think we kind of transition from that to y'all sitting around the living room. Describe for me what each of you are doing as you sit around this living room. I think Yvalia has found a seat on a on a couch and is just kind of staring off into space. Okay. 
has she eaten her ice cream yet? Uh, does she have her ice cream still? Oh yeah, ice cream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she has she has the bowl is sitting in her lap and the spoon is in her hand, and she's taken a few bites, but it's very slow and starting to melt. Um, at this point, she's it's good and she likes it, but she's just so far off in thought, like concerned about her other friends and concerned about kind of killing a guy and concerned about uh, many other things and where she is and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Bill sits down and uh, turns on the TV and finds the baseball game and it's the City Mists playing against the Port Pirates and then I say, this is baseball. This this is the good stuff. I thought the ball would be bigger. You would think that. Vartosh took one bite of the ice cream and then pushed it aside because it's far too sweet. Ice cream in this world would have way more sugar in it than ice cream in a fantasy world like that, probably. So he's pushed it aside. Now he's just kind of playing with the butterfly knife, trying to figure out how it works. Just (laughs) swinging it around. Esther's... Is she's grabbed like the first aid kit or whatever, and she's like, just a second. What injuries does she have right now? She oh, uh, shot, right. When you came back through the portal, you did not have your injuries anymore. Oh, okay. Well, she's probably still scuffed up, so she's just doing like the usual like patch ups of all the things. Yeah. Nothing like too intense. Not trying anything mechanically. Just yeah. Doing what I do in my free time, which is bandage myself up. <laughs> Is there a bookshelf? Absolutely. There's always a bookshelf in the city. Excellent. I grabbed a random book. I'm sitting next to the fireplace. And uh, where are Faye and Woodard in this scene? I mean, you're all together. So where are y'all at? Okay. Sorry. I just... Bow, tickle, bow, bow. I do not want you to describe any sexual encounters. No, I Where will definitely not. I, I just really had to hold back the joke. Uh-oh, helping her lay down. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sure. So, Faye and Woodard walk back in. Um, Woodard's bandaged up. I don't know how badly hurt he was, but... Um, Wasn't a up. whole side of him bleeding? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he was he was <laughs> pretty cut up. Major is just he was pretty cut. We can say he is a uh, shirtless with like bandages around his middle. Could he put his shirt back on though? No. No, he is lounging in all his muscular finesse. <laughs> it's very sexy. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they come back in um, and just sit down casually on the couch with everybody else. Um, Woodard, can you tell everybody what happened? Um, yes, um, well, Mohammed and I, Mohammed and I are very good friends. We, uh, showed up at the alley to, uh, help out our other friends. And when we did, there were some people with abilities do the kids need to be privy to this information, Faye? Yes, I don't think anything scares them, to be honest. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, and honestly, they've already killed a guy, so, um... I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, can we stop bringing that up? I feel real bad about it. Are these children part of 
the Rat Pack? Uh, no, they're from another, um, a world that we both may have been aware of a long, long time ago. He points at you. I'd like to hear more about that later. Absolutely. Uh, but for this purposes, yep. um, yes, there were some people with abilities that uh, accosted my friend and I. They seemed intent on taking my friend and, uh, well, bloodied my side with flaming swords and uh, chomped down on my other side pretty hard with a very strong bite and uh, wrapped my friend up uh, before he could transform into a giant bear and, um left me there while they stole him away in their own beat up mismatched car you had to throw in the giant bear he is a giant bear sometimes when he wants to be yes, yes this one used to be a lizard <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me So, uh, what are we doing? Are we gonna take out the beholder? What's happening? Yeah, uh, which way did they go in the beat-up, mismatched car? Yeah, so they didn't pull him into a portal? They, it was a car thing? Yes, it was a car. Mismatched parts and pieces and doors. It looked very beat-up. Um, yes, they threw him in the boot, and um, then they drove off. The boot? They th- How did they fit a man in a boot? It's what they call the thing you rode in to get here. <laughs> what? Didn't you ride in the trunk? I thought the librarian put you in the trunk. Did we... Did, what? Okay. Yes, Carrie. I'm feeling a little lost at the moment, so give me a second here. Um, didn't we see a mismatched car... Where was that? It was, was at that the mouth the of the alley. Of this? Yeah, it was at the mouth of the alley. When we came back or when we left? When you left. So those things outside of the well were not from inside the well? Maybe they met with people who were here who picked them up. So the small things got sucked into the well with uh, with you guys. And the bigger ones did not. The big ones took him to the car, the clown car, because they had big shoes. Yeah. And, um, remember they were, Bill overheard, I didn't know about the car. Thank you for bringing that up. Bill overheard them saying that they were gonna meet up with the big guy or whatever. That we we didn't hear that. Oh, we didn't. Did I hear that? You did. Oh, yeah. That was right before you got blasted by air into the air. So much has happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. So Bill tells you that uh, when he was spying on those people in the alleyway, they were talking about meeting up with somebody. And the little short people that you now all know were grungs were coming through the portal to meet with these people that stole Mohammed. So when they took Mohammed, did they say anything? Did they give any indication of why they were taking him or where they were taking him or anything like that? I I don't know, Esther. I was a little preoccupied with the sword wounds in my side and the loss of blood. Lightweight. (laughs) Sorry, come again. 
I'd rather not. All right. Does um does Muhammad have a cell phone on him? Did he have a cell phone on him? Oh, that's a good idea. Do um, you have a comms with him? No, we do not have a comms. But does, does he share his location with you? Yes, he wanted. Yes, it's a long thing. He finally got me to do it. Anyways, yes. Long story short, I do have Muhammad's location on my phone. It seems like a good place to start. Yes, well, the GM thought you would do a little more investigating, so he didn't bring it up at first. <laughs> we were investigating by asking these questions. <laughs> True. Uh, uh, look, I'm sorry. I, I know your friend is important to you. We've also got friends that are important to us. Well, at least to me, maybe not to him, but they are to me. And on top of that, we're just here looking for, we've just been looking for our lost dads. Uh, we've been pulled into this big mystery. I'm not really here for it. I am just trying to find my father. And all of this is some sort of weird uh, quest that I didn't want to go on. So can we take care of what the situation is? Where do we go? What do we do? You're the grown-ups. You should know. Well, we were actually just getting to that. She obviously hasn't been around grown-ups very much. <laughs> One day you'll understand. <laughs> You'll understand that we understand nothing. <laughs> Grown-ups know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> There's your lesson, kids. Uh, so, can we look at the phone? You can. Um, you, uh, Woodard pulls out his phone, uh, goes to the Find My Pals app, and, um, you know, locates Muhammad. Um, it looks like he is a little outside of the city limits, um, a little north of town. Just his little bitmoji from Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, should we head that way? Ivali, I think this might... Th- I think this is the big eye, eye guy with the it, tentacles. It definitely has something to do with that. Okay. You say so. Which would help us get you back to your world and Ricket. Yes, let's just go. I would love to get back home. Bay looks at their melted ice cream bowls sadly. <laughs> Before leaving. What time of day is it? It is still evening. It's, still- it's later in the evening now. It's probably like midnight. Yes, our favorite time. Yes, everything happens in the night. Are we packing back into the car? Well, I think, for simplicity's sake, we, if no one else has any scenes they want to play out at the, um, cottage. We show up at the place with the car. I think we transition to, uh, Mohammed's location just right outside of city limits. North of town is an abandoned, uh, carnival. Mm-mm. Uh, it has <laughs> been here... For it's clowns. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to believe you when you said that. Oh, he made a point to tell us about big shoes. I know. Clowns and grungs. This is the weirdest team up ever. Yes. Finally. <laughs> um, is this Freddy's? Ha. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello friends and welcome to episode 3 of the Misconceptions Cross Sense of the Father crossover series. I'm your host, David White, and welcome to the third of four episodes in this crossover series. This will be the last episode that releases on the Misconceptions feed, and the fourth and final episode of this crossover series will drop on the Sins of the Father feed. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this crossover series. Jackson and I had a lot of fun planning it out, as much as planning as we did. We just got together and brainstormed a little bit. Let's get to some show notes really quick. As you know we are trying to get to $500 a month on our Patreon. At this level we are going to be able to pay Marlo and Tessa and myself for the episodes that we edit. Our editors put in a ton of work to make sure these episodes are ready to go every uh, two weeks that they come out and I'll tell you right now Marlo has been doing a whole lot of work throughout the month of March getting each episode ready to go every week. Marlo deserves to be paid for her hard work. So please help us reach the $500 a month goal. If you like this show and you want to support us monetarily, please click the link below and give any amount that you can. And throughout the month of March, don't forget that we are running a pre-order on a poster that was designed by Arthur Tien, the legendary artist from Monster Prom. Uh, A great game with some great art, and Arthur Tien did the art of all of the Misconceptions crew and all of the Sins of the Father kids, along with Mohammed and Woodard and the Librarian and a baddie in the background uh, to commemorate this crossover episode. We have a Google form down in this uh, in the show notes for this episode. If you click that link, fill out that form. The poster will cost $20 and will be 18 by 24 in the dimensions. It'll be printed on nice satiny paper and it will have this awesome artwork commemorating both of these wonderful shows coming together and creating this wonderful crossover series. We are running this pre-order like I said, so if you're interested in getting that poster, go ahead and fill it out. The the pre-order will run through the month of March in 2021, so if you're trying to get it after that, I'm sorry this pre-order is done. But hopefully, with the uh, proceeds of this pre-order, we will be able to get a, a digital store and a website up and running for the podcast network. So if you miss this pre-order, hopefully we will have gotten enough money from this pre-order to create a website where you could go and buy this poster for yourself, along with some other cool merch that will be determined later. Uh, But anyways, that's all the show notes I have. Let's get back to this episode. Yeah, so you transition to this old abandoned carnival. It has been here for years. Uh, it has always been abandoned. At least that is what the mist wants you to think. Um, but you show up and you see in the in the silhouette of the moonlight, you see the curving slopes of long abandoned roller coasters. You see a Ferris wheel with some of the spokes missing. You see a huge fun house with a huge ceramic clown head 
but like some of the teeth are missing. Um, Can I ask a question that may be irrelevant, but I want to clarify what I heard? Ask any questions. You said, did you say it's been here for years or did you say it's been here for years? I'm, I'm saying not the number four. Okay. It's That's been here for years. And you said it's been abandoned the entire time? Yes. As long as you have known about this carnival, okay. it has been abandoned. So I don't have any childhood memories here or anything. Uh, do you want to? I mean, maybe at some point my father brought me here when I was very, very little before he started okay. training me up. So as Esther walks up to this, uh, these abandoned carnival grounds, does she remember a time when they weren't abandoned? I think so. I think, yeah, I think she like being around the kids and then coming back to this place She's already been to the library, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To the library in yep, yep, the city. Yep. So all of those emotions and then like stepping foot back on these grounds, she flashes back to like, oh, there was a time very briefly when I remember being a child. And she just gets kind of like flashes of like, they got cotton candy and they stood in line for the the Ferris wheel and he played that game where you like hit the hammer and he and mm-hmm. won a prize um just like brief flashes and she just kind of stops and like takes it in for a minute and then she just shakes it off because she's still she's still angry mm-hmm. it doesn't she's yeah, like definitely she, like in her head she's like that doesn't change how i feel about him mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like esther is grappling with her own sins of her own father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh Bill, do you have any memories of this carnival? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Um, so I guess like carnival music starts to play. Uh, like real and life. <laughs> no, in the memory. And then like you just you see the all the things you described. So like the ceramic clown head missing teeth now has teeth and it's like it's like instead of the faded chipping paint, it's like a bright bright white and the colorful hair and stuff. And you see the the um what is that thing called where it's got like horses going up and down? Carousel. The carousel is just spinning around and like my wife's like on it with the with with Billy and he's just so like those those are kind of memories are are popping up for me but then the memories kind of quickly fade as we're faced with the reality of this kind of dark forsaken place and i don't even know that i know why it closed down right yeah yeah definitely i just know that we stopped coming at some point Mm -hmm. Uh, does Faye have any memories of the carnival think so just because Faye's childhood other than her realizing at a young age who she was is kind of unclear yeah so. yeah as like Maid Marian like and also you're tied to the forest was like not to get too deep in the lore of misconceptions in this crossover episode but was Faye ever a child right um, has she always been eternally this like yeah you know connected to nature and connected to the Faye kind of Faye's yeah. not a hundred percent sure how she ever ended up in the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, she just, she you just, you just is. Yeah. yeah. Y'all arrive at the fairgrounds, uh, abandoned, 
spooky silhouetted by the moonlight and i think as y'all are walking up you see that miscolored beat up car just kind of pulled up into some bushes by the by the ticket booth all right um this is a pretty big place i think we should probably split up to cover more ground and then um each person should we should split off uh, make sure we have a communicator with each person so um i'll take i'll take the lizard the lizard man fine <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Um, librarian, do you have a name? Oh, that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> great, I can't wait to hear it. I love hearing stories. I guess that leaves us, Zavalia. Yeah, let's get it done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My heart and Avalia right now. <laughs> So these three groups break off and head off into the carnival. Which group do we go to first? Okay. All right. So I'm going to say we went, if, if we're facing the carnival grounds, I'm going to say we just w- walked off to the right. Where was the car? Sorry. I probably should have asked that first. Uh, the car was parked right at the entrance of the fairgrounds, right next to the uh, ticket booth. So like you would all have to have walked through the gate by the car to go into the carnival to split up. Okay. Did Woodard come with us, and which group is he with, or did he go off on his own? Woodard was too injured and stayed in the the cottage. Gotcha, gotcha. One less NPC. So we have a very um, separate marriage for the ease of the game. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's fair. So yeah, so we went off to the right, and I'm just gonna uh, say, all right, um, Vatash, right? Vatash. Okay, Vatish, um, please keep your eyes peeled. Um, you probably already know that because you seem to know a lot of things, but I don't want to end up missing an arm or anything. So try to keep your eyes peeled. If you have any useful information, keep it to yourself. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just trying to be a jerk to the jerk. Gotcha. It's not working out too well. Gotcha. Now, if you, if you could think of anything useful, let me know. Yes, yes, I'm very perceptive. I can... I'll keep an eye out for things. What use are you? You say, what use are you? Yeah. Is that a question or a statement? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a question. (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess I can, uh... I used to be more useful, I feel. I had different powers, but now I'm figuring out some new ones. New ones that have to do with controlling my emotions, which is never very fun. Uh, what, what can you do? I'm very... I'm very good at being unseen, and I stab things. And of course there's the acid breath as well. That could come in handy. If I can even do it anymore. Yeah, can you still do that? I summon the same kind of feeling that I did before and try to spit out some acid. You spit out some acid. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, at least there's still that. Well, that should come in handy. Indeed. 
Bill and Vartash, uh, would you say that uh, you shared an important tender or emotional moment together? No. No, <laughs> but I don't think that they would have. <laughs> okay, that is fair. Yeah, so y'all are walking through. You have this little moment, uh, or the lack thereof. And I think as you're kind of scanning to see like what's going on in this carnival, you see a figure up ahead standing in your route. You see that, right? Yes, I do. And Vartosh immediately drops and like dush, uh, ducks to the side uh, as like wherever he can find something to cover behind. Um, and Bill kind of stalks towards the the figure. Okay. I think as you both kind of start sneaking up on this figure um, and they dart off. In fact, there is a huge... You are walking like through the middle of the carnival and there is a huge big top tent with the striped red and white uh, banners. There are some holes in the banners, kind of moth-eaten and rain-stained, uh, but this figure ducks into there. Do you think we should follow? I mean, yeah, let me tell people what's going on real quick. How? Uh, we have invisible communication devices. Well, they're not invisible. Look, it's it's right here. And I just point it like this little thing inside of my ear. Oh, uh, like... Like a sending stone. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we'll say yeah. Alright, one second. <laughs> say, hey, Esther and Faye, just letting you know, we're heading into the big tent. If you hear something, come. Copy. And I think we cut from that uh, to Bill and Vartash sneaking towards the tent. I think we transition to another pair. Faye and the librarian. You said they went down the middle i thought they went right but they went middle oh okay then they went right okay we go another way okay just to make it easier <laughs> ah yes i mean we could go over there but you know this looks less traveled let's go over there <laughs> <laughs> precisely so as we're walking and talking i suppose so, um, you're a librarian? Oh, yeah, that's what, uh, most people call me. So most people call you that. Um, what do you call yourself? Well, uh, you, you know, not to give away too much there about myself, but, uh, I, I, I've gone by a number of names. You, you, you've probably heard of one of them. It's, uh, it's, uh, Merlin. Excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to step back. <laughs> yes. David just had a visceral reaction to this reveal. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I've dropped a little hints. He knew the city when you showed him a picture. He knew what a car was. Marlo is still, like, doing the, like, fast blink. <laughs> Huh? Okay. Oh, sure, yes. Um, I mean, not personally, but I have heard of Merlin, and um, I believe the Merlin show wasn't too bad that I saw on TV. 
I mean, you know, it was okay, it didn't get a lot of it right, but that's fine, you know, inter artistic interpretations. Well, if only they had had you here to give them some direction. You know, I had to get back to uh, the other world. It's fine. So, you frequent between worlds? Well, I do uh, like to chronicle most of what happens, so... You know, it's just one of the things I do. So you know that I can't leave the city? I mean, I'm sure there's a way around that. I mean, uh, it just hasn't been discovered yet. There's still hope out there for you. I appreciate you attempting to be encouraging. I feel that you know the way out, but I also feel that you will not tell me. I mean, you know what they say, the, uh, the journey's just as important as the end. Yes, and we both know that's insane. So, uh, we, uh, you know, come here often? It's uh, a little spooky. <laughs> it's just out here on its own. No, I definitely don't come here often. I'm not a fan of scary things. Um, and I don't particularly like being here. At all. But, that's what we do in the city. We go places we don't want to go to, to find people we don't want to find. And then we get hurt. And then we do it again. Easy enough. Merlin and Faye, do you think you shared an important, strong, or tender moment? Yes, because I brought you all information you did not know. I did not. Jackson did. <laughs> that was very rough of me. <laughs> but it was us to care. Yes. Okay. So you, you say you did. Okay. So, uh, Faye... Could you please write down that you have one link on Merlin? Oh, heart, heart thing, heart kingdom, heart. Uh, similar thing. Uh, Merlin, <laughs> what about you? I I, I guess so. <laughs> All right. You know, it's well, kind of nice when people take an interest in me versus the other way around. Yeah. Okay. So it's nice to have the attention on you rather than you paying attention to other people. Okay. So go ahead, Merlin. Write down you have one link with Faye. Can I say one more thing? Yep. Um, so, Merlin, is that something that needs to stay between the two of us? I know that's kind of up to you. Understood. And I think as y'all wrap up that conversation, you look ahead and you see a figure standing in your route. Are, are they... Yeah, and like, what, what kind of figure are we talking about here? Dark and silhouetted by the moon. I see. Faye starts walking slower and like gently putting her feet. I imagine they're like either pebbles or kind of like gravel. Oh, yeah. Um, so... It's like packed earth. Okay. So she's like trying to step very gingerly, mm -hmm. um, but get close enough to see. Okay, Merlin, what are you doing? Yeah, I guess I I, I, I would like to figure out who it is that's standing over there. Okay, you uh start kind of creeping up on this figure, and this figure senses your presence and darts off towards the middle of the fairgrounds to a big top tent. And about that time, Faye, your communicator beeps, and you hear Bill saying, we're going towards the tent. Uh, do you reply? 
Copy. So are we. Okay. And I think we transition from them to our final coupling, uh, Esther and Ivalia. So one of them went right, one of them went left, or one of them went straight and right? Yes. <laughs> I think that, yeah, because Faye didn't specify which direction, right? Right. Mm-hmm. She just went a different direction. So that's why I was trying to figure out what direction to say. Uh, I would say, like, probably just walk down the main thoroughfare of, like, carnivals. And what I'm seeing, you know, is, like, booths and stuff rotting and, like, screwed up and, like, little rides here and there. Yeah. And um, is that is that accurate? I don't want to misdescribe it. Do oh, you? no. Yeah, it is. Um, so as they start this trek down, uh, Yvalia looks over um, at Esther and says... Is this place supposed to be fun? Um, it definitely used to be a long time ago. Do you... Did you ever come here when it was? Yeah, I did. With someone who's a stranger to me now. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, as we walk by, can there be a booth that has, like, the little... A little pile of baseballs? And you can, like, throw them at, like, the milk? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I go over, I, I see that and look, oh, look, baseballs. And I go and grab one and chunk it at the bottles. That was a good throw. Thanks. Do you, do you, uh, have you ever played this game before? I vaguely remember playing it. And can we please have, like, a ghostly visage of little Esther and little Morty like Morty with his hands on Esther's shoulder as she is throwing a spectral ball at spectral bottles as she's saying I vaguely remember it mm-hmm. yeah I feel like um this this world this place is so different I've never seen a carnival like this or uh, anything and even if I had even if one moved near my area I, I never went kinds of things did you do? I don't remember ever doing much. Not anything fun anyway. Uh, the last, um, last few years I've been working a lot. My family, um, well, my dad travels. He's a bard and that's what they do. Uh, but he always left us. And it made my mom sad. And I, I had to work while he was gone. Because I'm the oldest. And... I just kind of made me think, like, this probably would have been a place he would like, I think. But then again, you know, you talked about, like, a stranger? Maybe. Maybe I don't really know him at all. That's the scary part. All of our dads left. They left on the same ship. And... None of us know know why or where they went. Or why they were going there. And I just... I just want my dad back. Dads are complicated and you just have to be careful that you don't make them out to be something greater than they actually are. Yeah. I realized recently that, uh... My dad... My dad made a lot of mistakes. And the inn that I work at it's not exactly the safest place, you know? Lots of travelers come through, and... I just can't imagine if I had a kid 
like me that I would send him to someplace like that to work. And why would I leave my family if I had one? Why even have a family if you're not going to stay with them? And then you just leave and don't tell anyone where you're going and you don't ever come back? I, I gotta find my dad because I have a bone to pick with him. I get that. I grew up in a bar. Oh, wow. We're a lot alike, aren't we? We really are. Is your... Is your dad around? Still? No. He's not. Can't even pick my bones with him. Well, maybe someday you'll see him again. And maybe you can. Maybe so. Esther smiles down at her. Valia gives her a grin and throws another baseball. And I think as the baseball hits these bottles and sends them clattering to the ground... Uh, we officially draw attention to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. No, you look and you see, like, behind the booth, there are, like, all these plushed animals. And you see one of the faces blinks. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> When you say it blink, like the eyes blink, or like yes. it flash it, like no, the eyes blink. Is it a Furby? It is not a Furby. Although if I if I wanted to freak you out, I would make it a Furby. I was just talking about that. This <laughs> uh, no, it is a very frog-like face that blinks. Is a what? A frog-like face that blinks. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I'm gonna fling a baseball at it. Uh, <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> uh, I approve this message. You know what? Uh, why don't you go toe-to-toe against this frog face? Okay. Uh, so take 2d6, and do you have anything you could add to this roll? Protective? Look out for my friends? Mm, sure. Is Esther my friend? <laughs> Is Esther your friend? I think yes. Yeah, I think now. Definitely now. Okay. Yeah. So protective so, and look out for my friends. Seven. A seven. Okay. So on a seven... You get to choose one of these things. You achieve your goal. You give them a status. And status is like how you trick track damage in the system. Or you block, dodge, or counter their best attempts to get you back. So which one of those options do you choose? Do you achieve your goal uh, by taking something they have? Or do you give them a status? Or do you block, dodge, or counter their best attempts? I think they haven't, since they haven't attacked or anything yet, I think it's going to it's gonna do as intended just to hit it, right? Okay. Avalia chunks this, and it hits this grung right in the forehead, and it lets out a croak. <laughs> and then it, like, tumbles down to the ground with, like, if this was an anime, it would have, like, little circles in its eyes. <laughs> and as the grung falls on the ground, you look up and you see a figure... Standing not too far away, silhouetted by the moonlight. What do we do? Esther pulls out her gun and kind of like pushes Avalia behind her. Okay. Does the figure move towards us or is it facing? Can we tell if it's facing us? It's you just can't really tell if it's facing you. But does it react when I pull my gun out and point it? Yes, the figure darts off quickly out of you. I want to pop off a shot. Okay. I go ahead and uh, this, but why don't you roll a go toe to toe? I'm gonna use my 
whatever. My Rusty gun. trusted Colt Cobra. <laughs> I'm going to use my gun. Yee. Can I use my react before it happens to shoot before it runs off? You sure may. Ten. Ten. So you hit him. As you hit him, you hear another gunshot. As this figure levels a rifle at you and fires, and you take a gunshot wound three status. Yeah, I already have that one. <laughs> Again. Okay. Uh, now, missing that, so. what are you hitting him with? Uh, you have a 10 plus, so you get to choose two. You can achieve your goal to take what they hold, get them good, which is give them a status, or block, dodge, or counter their best attempts to hit you back. But I can't use the block for the shot that was already that already hit no, me. No, that is a custom move he has. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to get him good. Okay, so you're going to give him a status mm-hmm. of... Gunshot wound. Two? two. Did you have two? Okay. Yeah. And you have one more option. If you want to achieve your goal, and your goal was like stop him from running, you could choose achieve your goal. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or if you want to protect yourself, he doesn't get to shoot you back. I mean, he's already shot. Yes. So. But he can shoot again if you don't take that option. Okay. Well, then I guess I'll take that option so he doesn't shoot me again. Okay, so you pop off a shot as he runs, and you get hit in the shoulder with his shot as he runs. You hear him load the rifle again and take a shot at you. How do you dodge out of the way? I want to, like, I was going to say we were going to, like, jump over the booth. Okay. But the demon frog is back there, so... He is brained with the baseball. He's not getting back up. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm going to dive behind the... The booth. The booth. Am I able to like grab Avalia with me? You sure or? are. Okay. Yeah. So you like grab Avalia and like pull her over to the other side as you mm-hmm. roll across, right as his bullet lodges itself in the wood on the other side of the booth, mm-hmm. uh, and he runs off towards a big tent in the middle of the uh, the fair. And right about that time, your calm goes off, and you hear Bill say he's going towards the tent. You hear Faye respond, "Copy that. We're going in." Uh, Esther and Avalia, do you think you shared a strong tender or emotional moment? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Please take uh, a link on each other. Hey, girl, let me link up. Link up with you. (laughs) What do y'all do? We're going to follow that guy, right? Yeah. We don't really have a choice. Sounds like everybody else is headed to the tent. Okay, so you all meet up at the tent, the big top tent, all entering through your different entrances, but you walk past the bleachers into this large uh, circus ring, long abandoned with starlight and moonlight poking through the numerous holes in the canvas, illuminating this dark, abandoned area. And around the ring, you see three figures. In sync, they take off their hoodies, and uh, Bill and Vartosh, the, uh, pe- the person you see in front of you, is this lithe, beautiful woman in this gymnast outfit uh, with long, curling red hair trailing down her back. But on her jaw, or where her jaw should be, is like this huge, massive metal clap trap that goes up 
over her nose, uh, obscuring most of her face. Faye and Merlin, that's weird to say, um, (laughs) the person in front of you has this uh, flamboyant flame-themed outfit. And as you walk in, they take two scimitars from their hips and strike them together. And as they strike them together, they ignite. Uh, And he's just holding these fiery scimitars out towards you. And in front of Esther and Avalia, you see a man dressed up in Western apparel, uh, very similar to how the uh, people at the Golden Flamingo Casino used to dress. And you see he has a rifle crooked over his arm and he's loading uh, shells back into it. But you do see blood trickling down one arm. But probably even more noticeable than all of that is at the middle of the ring is a fortune teller's table with a crystal ball, some tarot cards laid out. Uh, Sitting at the table is a... 30-ish year old woman uh, with a veil kind of up over her head and down over her eyes and she is laying out cards uh, slowly without looking up to any of you she speaks welcome to this land of forgotten relics and discarded people you must realize that even though you are here you stand no chance of preventing what has already started and as she lays down a final tarot card um, you suddenly see illuminated above you a floating sphere of opaque energy and in that sphere is Mohammed unconscious and tied up kind of slumped against the curvature of the sphere. And as the fortune teller picks all the cards back up and starts to shuffle them, she says, For you see, the veil between worlds is thinnest. And my patron has promised me that I will never be forgotten again if I can but release him. And as she finishes shuffling her cards, the whole auditorium shakes. The air around you, like somebody tearing a sheet of paper in half, fractures. And some of you land on one side of the fracture, some of you land on the other side of the fracture. And as you look across the space between worlds you see the other members of your party one in one world one in the other and you see Mohammed suspended in one of these orbs back in the carnival tent and Jackson what do they see on the other side of this tear where, where is your big bad <laughs> Where is my big bad? Mm, let's let's uh, let's tie everything together. Do it. So it's half carnival, and then the other half seems to be some kind of decrepit, torn down ruins of what seemed to be a castle. Um, in the sky itself are shades of purple and pink, 
and pastel as you see a circle of chanting hooded figures about child size performing a ritual as you watch as Rickett's um, unconscious body floats up into the air and, and is then encompassed in a similar sphere of energy. And... There's energy coming off of these spheres that goes into the veil between worlds like disconnected eye stalks that flow back into the veil and connect to a head without a body with a singular eye and a mouth full of grinning teeth. And as one eye looks to one side of the rift and views you, and looks at the other side of the rift and views you there, his other eye stalks moving back and forth with not pupils in the eye stalks, but people from other realities. And as he regards his eye stalks in these numerous multitude of realities, he lets out a laugh that is drowned out behind the fabric of realities. And you know that this is a point where you have to do something. End of episode. Boom. Whew. This is so cool. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Misconceptions Cross Sins of the Father crossover episode. We will be back with our next and final episode of this crossover series on March 22nd over on the Sins of the Father feed. If you have social media, we do have a Facebook and a Twitter. If you would like to follow us on those, we also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. We also have a Discord where we chat with fans of the show, and we would love it if you would join our Discord and chat with us. There is a link to our Discord in the show notes below. This show is made possible by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of backers and help us out monetarily, please click the link below. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. That's it for this week. Jackson will see you on the Sins of the Father feed for the fourth and final episode of this crossover series. I hope that you have a good one, and keep it nerdy, y'all.